Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, Emo Curtis. I'm Mariah Rose. <laughs> oh, Emo Curtis kind of works. I think we're going to stick with Not emo, it. but like... You're so emo. Goth and Curtis go together. Emo, emo and Curtis don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Emo. Do you remember that one time? I had one time in my life, somebody referred to me as an emo kid, and I lost my beans. You lost your beans so bad that you brought it up several times in the ensuing decades. Yeah. Just for the record, I never looked like an emo kid. Well, okay. This is coming from a guy who had, like, skinny jeans and the, like, slick black bangs kind of thing. You didn't have that. No, no. I'm saying he's the one calling me emo kid. Right. But there was this phase in the early 2000s where I cut your hair. Well, that was just more like indie rock. Emo is a totally different... (laughs) Emo's like hot topic. But I I take full uh, responsibility for that specific haircut. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't a good hairstyle. No, I just kind of went at it with scissors. Yeah, but it would not have been described as, as emo. But if you were like casually flipping through photos from that time, you might might think there was an emo situation happening. Um, you might. I definitely would. One, one might. We know you were offended. No, I, I, clearly, it's still a like, very tender subject. That's nice. Next time you're feeling a little too like high on your, I wanted to say britches, high, you're too high on your high horse, uh-huh. I'm going to call you emo. Yeah, because if there's another thing I'm known for, it's being high on my high horse. <laughs> Often. <laughs> too big for your britches. I'm definitely too big for my britches. That's why I've been working out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so last episode, we discussed that you had done... Uh, I'd given you a pile like normal, mm-hmm. and we had a real conundrum. Mm-hmm. You liked all of them. Mm-hmm. Two in particular, you really wanted to watch. Standouts. And they weren't really one over the other. We just kind of said, well, let's just do this one. And then our compromise was, well, we'll just do the other one next episode. Mm-hmm. So we have a movie episode again, but it's because we couldn't decide between the two. Well, and there was a third one that I really want to watch, but we'll give it a, a little breathing room. That was the John Stamos one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good one, too. We'll, we'll get to it. Gene Simmons and drag. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be a good one. Uh, but surprisingly, this is the same year, 1987, as our last movie that we just discussed. So there you go. Also, you just said pile. And I recently learned that in the UK, they refer to hemorrhoids as piles. And so it's ruined the word for me entirely. All right. Well, we got piles of episodes for you <laughs> if you want to listen. If you are a first-time listener, yeah, go check out those piles. So many piles. There's. We definitely have a problem with piles. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week... Let's, we'll get into the details later, but we are going to be discussing the 1987, I would say completely off the rails, uh, supernatural horror, Mm -hmm. The Outing. Since the beginning of time, man has been fascinated by the mysterious, the unexplained, the unknown. Consider, if you will, the legend of the lamp. Looks like something out of Arabian Nights. Oh, is it okay if I open I don't it? No, honey, I wish you wouldn't. But think twice before you make a wish. One thing, though, about the warning on the inscription. What's that? The former owner should have read it. You've uncovered another King Tut's curse, huh? For within it lurks the unleashed power of death and destruction. It can take any form. Strike any time. Anywhere. Alex knows. I don't think I like this. Quit worrying. You will before the night's over. And soon her friends will too. Bye, miss. You've got to send to Miss Wallace. What's the matter? Afraid? That there is no way (laughs) on Earth. Something's wrong. To put an end. the terror mm-hmm. no! what can you do got to be an answer here but what is it this can't be happening the lamp make a wish if you dare 
Okay, the outing. Before we get started, awesome VHS cover. It's got an amazing piece of artwork on the front. I, I mean, obviously a lot of 80s covers do, but this one's mm-hmm. like extra special. This came to us through a trade with a friend of the show, Brandon. So thank you for trading me this. I actually have had this recommended to me many, many times just from people who know my sensibilities. Because <laughs> um, this is a first time watch for both of us. Yay! I love it. I love that this is a first time watch. It was known in the UK when it was released as The Lamp, a much more fitting title. Yeah, I was thinking this should be called The Inning, if anything. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, no, because the kids take an outing to the museum. But then they're in. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have a whole lot about this one because there's not a lot known about it. So Ooh, mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like these episodes when we're not caught up in all the details, but more just kind of general reaction. Yes. This one, there's plenty to react to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I said, first time watch, 1987, one and only film by this director, Tom Daly. More mysterious. I know. I don't know who he is or what he did. Oh, he's now a monk. Pretty much most of the cast, too, apart from like a couple. This was like their only credit as as well. (laughs) So this is just kind of a, a fluke. And I can see why. We'll talk about it as time goes on, but this one kind of is, it follows the formula of late 80s horror. Yes. But then where most 80s horror is a little more refined, this one's like, no, 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 we'll go there. And they just go <laughs> a little too far in every area. Yeah, it feels like a movie from 1981, not 87. Yeah, to some degree, not the way it looks, but just some of the content. Yeah. I will say up front, I mean, we're not super PC, but also we're historians and it's hard not to see it with those kind of contemporary lenses. This film does not age well as far as the content of especially one of the characters, but the rest of the film is an absolute blast. So it's a little complicated. Well, I think they really, really succeeded in making an unlikable character and that was their goal, but it was to the point where now when you watch it, you're like, oh, they they went there. Okay. It was to the point where after the first couple interactions with this character, I was getting uncomfortable when yeah. he was on screen. I was like, okay, what? how is he going to offend everybody now? Yeah. I can see trying to make an unlikable character, but... Man, they really dialed up to 11 on this one. Yeah. Yes. There's like uh, blatant overt racism and like rape. But yeah. uh, there's a, there's physical assault, sexual assault, absolute uh, over the top racism. Uh, from All from one character. It's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, we get it. Just have a warning that that's there, I guess. Yeah, if you can accept it and go, okay, well, this was an 80s film where they meant to make him unlikable, but maybe we're a little... um, Too far. A little too far. Other than that, the rest of this film I absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into it. Let's talk about kind of our expectations. Did you... What did you think? Because you read the box. You were super excited about it. Did it live up to what you thought or was it like, whoa, I had no clue what I was in for? It was very different than I thought, but it was better in some ways and disappointing in others. Because I thought it was your classic, like, teens go to a museum and discover evil. Yeah. This was not that, but it, it was. <laughs> it but there was, was but so, so much. much more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I was pretty excited to watch this because part of why it was recommended by people who know me a little better is because it takes place in a museum and I work in museums and that is a subgenre of horror that that does not come up very often. No. Museum horror. No. I mean, there's Night at the Museum. Yes. That's not a horror movie. Well, agree to disagree. I mean, there's actually a lot. Waxworks, all that kind of stuff. Like we could get into all that. What I'm saying is that it's fun when it turns up. However, with this film in particular, don't watch a film that takes place in a museum with a museum professional. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like watching a sports movie with a person who plays that sport and they just want to point out all the inconsistencies. Ooh, or like watching ER with my mom, who is a nurse. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, just watching ER in general, but then imagine watching it with your mom. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 that's not right. Yeah, that, that's not how that works. Yeah, but she watched that whole series. Anyway. Even though, I bet you at the same time, all the actors finish their take and they're like, man, I'm like a real nurse. Basically, I could massage a heart back to life. <laughs> I feel like I could do that after I watched ER, though. I believe you have a lot of confidence. I do, and in I think pretty much with, every area in your life with heart massaging, all you, all you need is confidence. That's true. <laughs> and like a scalpel. <laughs> Needless to say, I I guess I don't know what I was expecting from this, but from the moment it started, I was I was kind of shocked, like instantly in. Mm-hmm. They definitely pull you in right away. Let's talk about just the very beginning, because it's it's. From like, from the moment it starts, it's over the top. Yeah. So we begin with some hillbillies in a truck. But before we get any further, I have a question. Okay. I have an answer. What's the difference between a hillbilly and a hick? Regional. Regional. So like uh, hicks are Western more. Mm-hmm. And hillbillies are Southern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, where does Mountain Man come in? That's more um, central, like between southern and northern. So kind of, I would put there, it... But there aren't mountains in the middle. Yeah, there are. Of course there are. Where? Everywhere. No. Where You're are the Ozarks? The Midwest, but that's the south. That's not the south. It goes That's between. Up. Okay. And also, I feel like a mountain man is maybe a grown-up hillbilly. Okay, what's a redneck? Oh, crap. No, that's like a... I feel like it's the same as like a Yeti and a Sasquatch and a, what's the other one? Swamp? No, Skunk Ape. Skunk, skunk Ape. Yes. I think it's kind of like that. I also, like, while we're on the subject, I would like to say that a mountain man is a grown-up hillbilly, and I would like to call them Mountain Williams. Oh, that's nice. I feel bad because, I, you know, we probably lost the, like, three hillbillies that we had listening. Oh, no, come back, William. Oh, unless they really embrace it. Yeah. yeah. Then give us your insight. What's the difference? Show us a photo of a skunk ape. Hillbilly, redneck, Mountain William. I don't know what else we said. Oh, hick. Okay. Yeah. It's skunk ape. We've thoroughly offended everybody now. Goodbye. Um, so let's go back to this movie. We are breaking into a house, which is quite a house. It is fancy schmancy. Yeah, because I do my research, <laughs> unlike you, who just sat on your phone watching reels the whole night. And I said, what are you doing, research? And you said, no, I haven't done any research. <laughs> <laughs> I did. This was the William R. Nash Historical House, built in 1907. It was a colonial revival house, if you didn't notice. No, I didn't. Okay, go on. Let's talk about that house now. Okay, the fancy house. These hillbillies go in, and they are looking for cash. They're not just hillbillies. They're like criminals. They're like meth heads. Oh, man. I mean... You're really clumping groups together right now. Just put them in a pot, stir it around. <laughs> oh. They're here. They're breaking in. There is a parrot that we need to, like acknowledge that there is a parrot best actor of the film yes the parrot's upset that this house is being broken into they work their way upstairs and find an old woman who is kind of aware that they were there but she was laying in her bed like a weirdo yeah and they're like give us the money and then the like primary hillbilly named harley criminal breaks into a wall he just randomly guesses Ah, that was a really good guess, actually, considering it's a gigantic mansion. Yeah. The very first place he poked a hole in a wall was the exact spot. Yeah. And he pulls out a box with a genie lamp in it. Also, we need to mention that there was a woman and a child who were like there, but not there. The genie lamp's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think of the design of that? That was sweet. I would have grabbed it for sure if I was a ransacking hillbilly. Yeah. I don't think he's a hillbilly. I think he's just a criminal. Harley. Whatever. Okay. Okay. So they find it and they think, okay, here we are. This is it. This is our treasure. The parrot's very upset. And the old lady gets to die here. Like, this is her end. It's it's pretty brutal death. <laughs> yeah. Axe to the head. Yeah. He just fully <laughs> <laughs> I mean, axes this old woman So this in the is head. the very first instance when I realized this film 
didn't quite understand where to tone it back. Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, we should probably kill, have him, instead of just ransack and rob, yeah. like, what if he harmed the old lady? Okay, that was cool. But what if he actually killed the old lady? What if he put an axe through her head? Yeah. It just keeps like going up and up and up. Yep. And that's like the story of this whole film is all these scenes that should have stopped maybe like two levels before. Yeah, like that escalated quickly. Just keep going. Yeah. She could have maybe had a heart attack if she had yeah, to die. Anything else. But no, axe to the head. Then the trio has like Santa Claus bags and go through the house just plopping whatever into it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like supermarket sweep kind of stuff. Like the wet bandits. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. So they're they're in her house and then Harley stays with the dead woman and the genie lamp Mm -hmm. and he starts kind of rubbing it. They made a joke about it, but he does it. And then green smoke flows out of it and into the dead old woman's nose. It's so great. This is something that I love about practical effects in 80s movies. Just the green smoke that works its way through everything. That's not a practical effect. That's just like a cartoon. It's a special effect, but it's like painted over the film. Mm -hmm. So it looks awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not digital. And then she, she wakes up from death and... Remember, she has an axe in her head, and she headbutts Harley. So yeah. we've got a double axe headbutt death situation. And we see it, which is actually pretty cool. It's like mm-hmm. them he's laying on top of her, but it's a double-sided axe with each side in one of their foreheads. That would be really awkward scene to film. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, imagine it. You're actor, 25-year-old actor guy, and... I don't even know how old that old woman was because she had a lot of makeup on to make her look extra old. I think it's the lead, uh, just in makeup. What? Yeah. No. Could be wrong. You're blowing my mind here. <laughs> I know. Okay. Anyway, they're both dead, and that was an awkward scene to shoot. I am certain. The other two in the group, they're, like, having sexy time in the pool. The dude's in the pool, and the girl's, like, topless outside. Mm-hmm. Guy in the pool, green smoke death, pulled under... Pretty it's cool. Un- it's unfortunate. And the woman runs upstairs because she's uh, not happy, I guess. And so yeah. she goes looking for Harley and then the ghost strangles her. Or the genie. The deaths are all awesome. Like, really? We got access to the head. The guy in the pool gets split in half by the green oh, yeah, smoke. Yeah. And then she gets, like, strangled into the air by nothing. It's They're, they're all really, really good. And this yeah. is just the opening scene of the film. Yeah. So I was completely in. Yeah, this was my favorite part of the film. Yeah, I would say this was pretty incredible. Well, it definitely slows part. down right after this. Well, the ending for me is yeah. like, whoa. Yes. So, and we'll kind of skip past this lower part, but let's move ahead to the Museum of Nature and Science, where for some reason, the dead old lady's belongings have landed. They, like, put this genie lamp and these weird dusty artifacts and take it to the Museum of Nature and Science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Houston. This is the actual Houston Museum of Nature and Science. Cool, bro, but also, why? Why not any other type of museum? I don't know. Nature and Science. Yeah. And they get a genie lamp. I do love genie vision from the lamp mm-hmm. that we get because there's a, a red gem that plugs the end of the lamp. Oh, yeah. That's held by, like, a claw hand. It's really cool looking. Yeah. But you get to see from within the lamp through the red gem, (laughs) which is just a red filter on the Uh camera. It's really cool. Very cool, indeed. Um, So we have our curator and his assistant, Theo, and then his the curator's daughter, Alice. She comes in after high school, even though she's an adult woman. Again, one of my pet peeves. She comes in to see her dad after work. And then we get a really weird, creepy conversation about, like, body autonomy. And then they get into a weird father-daughter fight. It's all That's very so awkward. out of place. And she looks through the old lady's stuff and finds a bracelet. And it gets kind of stuck on her hand. So she just is, like, awkward and puts her sleeve over it and leaves. Let's go to their house, though, so we can... <laughs> 
This is so weird. Why is this scene here? The dad like makes toast and it sets on fire. He's... But he's wearing like an Ebenezer Scrooge gown. I genuinely almost bought you an Ebenezer Scrooge. I would actually totally wear it. I'm it's not going to lie. It's coming. Christmas. It looks really comfortable. Well, that's the thing. You don't wear like nightgowns as a woman. I have access to nightgowns and moo-moos galore. And guess what? They aren't that comfortable because they just creep up into your pits. And in the morning, you're like, what even happened? Okay, well, agree to disagree. We'll right. see. We'll get you the Ebenezer Scrooge costume. Yeah, I'll get back to you on this one. Okay. Follow he's, up. Yeah, he doesn't. He's like a brilliant doctor, leading archaeologist. Curator. Well, but he's an archaeologist, but he doesn't know yeah. how to cook toast. And the toast catches on fire. He just grabs it with his hands and then just starts stepping on the fire with his bare feet. After tossing it onto the only rug in the room. It's so... The scene was so weird. And his daughter's like giggling. And then they make up for her... This... Okay. We didn't mention this. She said, I wish you were dead. Mm-hmm. The day before. Well, I mean, living with a teenager... Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a very believable. You're going to get that. You're going to get it, like, daily. But she, as she's reacting to him prancing on burning fire on a rug, she's like, you're the world's foremost archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Casually. <laughs> that's a pretty good scene. A- anyway, so she goes to high school. She gets into the car with her boyfriend and they are rear-ended aggressively by the, like, punk who happens to be her ex-boyfriend, Mike. Yeah, let's introduce him. So he's the one that, Ooh. at the beginning of the show, we were saying, <laughs> be prepared. Yeah. Because they could have gone with, like, one thing. Yeah, or made him a bit of a bully. Instead, they just threw everything that could possibly make you hate somebody into the pot. He's like a full-blown psychopath. He's an absolute psychopath. <laughs> He rear-ends them. It's like a high-speed chase that only ends because the police get involved, but somehow immediately allow him to go to school. Yeah, but he has this kind of impression like he's going to run them off the road and kill them. Yeah, it's <laughs> genuinely his goal. Right away. Yeah, there is. it's escalated quickly, and it's only because it's his ex-girlfriend, and it's been months, as we later learn, but he's still very upset about the breakup. Um, also, we get a quick flash at the museum where we learn that the old lady Aladdin's lamp is 3,500-year-old lamp. Yes. They just were able to figure that out by looking at it, apparently. Pretty cool. <laughs> nice. That's how it works in museums. Let's go back to school. Mike arrives at school, and he fully assaults Al- Alex and her boyfriend, to the point where it's like he's going to actually kill them on school campus, pulls out a knife. But then, then <laughs> this a is pretty amazing. Teacher who's wearing like a skirt, she has like a blonde bob, but in that 80s way that looks so old. I recognize her because she is from another movie that we have called Blue Sunshine that we haven't covered. Oh. She's got a distinctive look, but she comes in ready to rumble. Yeah, she <laughs> full on flips him, kicks his butt. It's pretty embarrassing. She's got like a pole or a bat or something. Yeah. And she's doing all these sweet moves. She's got on like a skirt and a, like a sweatshirt. Yeah. She takes him down. Mm-hmm. But instead of him just being like, ah, he gets up. And this is again where it like turns to 11. We find out the um, principal. Is yeah. Is the principal? Yeah. Is a black man. Yep. And instead of just like accepting his punishment, goes like full-fledged racist on him. It's shocking. Doesn't hold back the punches. The principal has a a pretty quick comeback that's Mm -hmm. pretty awesome. So it was after this scene. Like the first one with the driving, trying to kill him by driving off the road was was weird. Yeah, it was like, that's weird. But then when he like physically punches her into the locker, I thought, whoa, this is uncomfortable. Now that he's just dropping these kinds of words and stuff and doing this, I was, this is the only part of the the movie that kind of made me like, 
oh, I'm going to have to be a little uncomfortable watching this character now because I don't know what yeah. else he's going to do. It was one of those do we stop watching this movie moments. A little bit. And um, spoiler alert, yep, he still keeps going throughout the rest of not, this movie. Not with the racism. Then he escalates to other stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, he just has to tick all of the boxes to offend everybody. I just don't know what the filmmakers were thinking because I get like, let's make him a little crazy or, or cruel, but they like just go off the rails with him yeah i mean you kind of want him to die for sure but he's not even like our main antagonist so i don't know (laughs) no he's got nothing on that yeah whatever so he's unlikable let's just say that deeply deeply flawed but let's move on they go to a class and it's about vlad the impaler vlad the impaler which oh my goodness i would have lost my beans if i had a class like that in high school and the teacher, Eve, the one who kicked Mike's butt, she's yeah. the teacher. Yeah, kung fu teacher. Yep. And then it's time to uh, go to a field trip. They just quickly are suddenly on a field trip that day. It's really weird because it starts at 2.30 and they're there like all night. Yeah. Did you ever go on a nighttime field trip? No, but I was kind of wondering, is it like winter or maybe there were in Alaska? I don't think so. I mean, no, they're in Houston. Oh. That's pretty clear. I have no answers then. But it, it does become night on their field trip. So they, they, they take... Alaska? They take a field trip to the museum where Alex's dad works. And the bullies are like, this is our chance. Like, yeah, they're going to hide out. I don't really get what, what they're... What were they even hoping to do? I don't know. I mean, they come up with a new plan once they're there, but originally I think there was just mayhem. I guess. I mean, commit to your mayhem. It's true. If you're going to be this awful, just do it all the way through. So the teacher also, when they arrive, gives Alex's dad a kiss, and we realize she's in a very serious relationship with Alex's dad, and he pre-proposes at that moment. He's like, I'm going to propose to you tonight. <laughs> so That's really awkward. As somebody who has actually proposed to somebody, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have told you ahead of time, hey, guess what I'm going to do? Well, we'd had discussions like we would like to get married, but when the actual proposal came, it was a surprise. Yeah, but she says things like, um, I got to go home and you know, like put on nicer clothes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe he was just warning her, like... That's a little weird. You are wearing a sweatshirt and a skirt. Yeah, this isn't my ideal way of proposing to you. Well, like, if you're going to take pictures. Nobody's going to take photos. This is 1987. Okay, fair. Meanwhile, Alex is drawn to the lamp. And it, I don't know, emerges. The green smoke emerges and takes over Alec. And she just rejoins the group. Yeah. So she's been, like, temporarily possessed. (laughs) I like that. Her green eyes are cool. Yeah. That's how you know when they've got the green, like, cartoon eyes. Yeah. Very cool. And she goes to her friends and she's like, guess what, guys? We're going to stay the night here. It's fine. I worked it out with my dad. Boom. And they, they say, cool. That sounds like a plan. The bullies are eavesdropping. And they're like, yep, us too. Us too. Theo and Alex's dad discuss how this genie's lamp is cursed. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how we get a little bit of a backstory. It's just a random conversation about <laughs> yeah. how it's cursed. But now we've got the setup, and this is where we get to the rest of the film. Yes. Is basically teens stuck in a museum. Overnight. With a mystical evil lamp that is about to be unleashed. Yes, and we get our first cool kill is when her dad's assistant goes into his office and gets killed. Oh, he gets bladed. He he gets pushed into the ceiling fan. Yes. Speaking of which, mm. I've got this week's fun fact. What? <laughs> He goes into the curator's office. Yep. Which maybe this was the case in this museum in 1987, but there is colossal letters, like donor-style letters, over a doorway, double doors that says Office of the Curator. Yeah. That opens up into this extremely fancy lounge office. There are like five Persian rugs on the floor. Yeah, there's sofas, everything else. 
My fun fact for the week is, as an actual museum curator, <laughs> that's not how our offices look. What? I've been to your office. There are so many Persian rugs. <laughs> I did enjoy it, though. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he gets a fan to the head and blood everywhere. That's pretty fun. I have a fun fact, kind of. Oh, another fun fact. Well, it's more personal. Uh, my brother, my youngest baby brother, when he was little, hit his head on ceiling fan blades and and now we call him Blades. <laughs> yeah, that's a good fun fact. <laughs> he was showing off and he jumped from the coffee table upward straight into the ceiling fan and hit his head. <laughs> and for, wow, how long ago? A decade? It's been almost two decades, I think. We would call him Blades. Yep. <laughs> yep. Although today I introduced a new nickname and I started calling him LBB for Little Baby Boy. Crazy, though. This is the very first episode we've ever done double fun facts. <laughs> and both of them had nothing to do with the movie. It's true. That's all you want. That's all you're getting this week from us. <laughs> Just deal with it. This is where we're at. Take us as we are. So now we've got teenagers all there. They've snuck into the basement of the museum. The bullies have stayed behind. There's a singing, like operatic security guard oh yeah we didn't even talk about the opera security guard i love him that is a great touch yes he sings opera as he secures but he finds theo and is killed with an like a spear Uh uh-huh and all the teens are downstairs drinking and partying Mm -hmm. one of them spills some beer and has to go of course take a a bath which there just conveniently is a bath well it sounds like it's where they clean specimens and she's like that's fine yeah, so she goes and takes a bath. It is deep, though. I get that. And we get some really fun kills. My favorite. Which which one's your favorite? The snakes. So the girl... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it starts actually with the boyfriend who's there to, I guess, observe the bath. Yeah, well, why not? He's just like, <laughs> hey, I'm here all night. And he is killed by being sliced in half. It's so funny, though, because his body's like folded it's, yeah they took the top and the bottom and then just put them on top of each other yeah. the opposite directions great it looks so great and they just leave it there it's and in so many shots it's so good and the room that they're in is filled with like nature and science specimens so a bunch of like dead animals in formaldehyde but mm-hmm. one of them opens up and there are cobras and they climb out and hop into the bathtub with a girl and bite her all over. It's pretty funny. It's cool. Her, also, cobras scare me. Yeah, cobras do scare me too. Yeah. They're really cool. They're really scary. Cobras are like metal in the snake world. Yeah. Did you see that <laughs> news article recently about the guy who died because a cobra bit him and he bit it back? Oh, no. Was this in India? Yeah, I think so. And it bit him back, but I think it was the second bite. After he bit it, it re-bit him, and that was what did him in. Well, you know, ride the lightning. If I was bitten by a cobra, I'd bite it back. I think I probably would, too. I'd be be pretty annoyed. You're the worst. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Well, she gets a lot of cobra bites and then does this really awkward stumble out of the bathtub. There's no other way. Pretty great. Because then she has to lay there. It's just like a tableau of death. (laughs) (laughs) It's really cool. And they are stumbled upon uh, by another one of the party goers. And a snake crawls up his pants and bites him. And he also dies. Yeah. So we get all three now in one room. Boom, boom, boom. You're welcome. It's really fun. All these deaths are really fun. And then we go back to our problematic bullies, and they are like, great, great opportunity. Let's put on some masks and rape someone. And they do. It's shocking and not cool. Uh, (laughs) And it's not implied either. No, but thankfully... What are they doing with this character throughout this film? Thankfully, it's a very quick scene because they are then killed. Yep. 
So finally, the cinematic ending to this character that we've spent so much time on building a dislike really serves zero purpose in this film. Yeah, because everybody else dies anyway, and they didn't have they to have just that character didn't need development. To even be in this movie to begin with. No, they would have gone to the museum with or without the bullies. Yeah, yeah, take out the bullies in this movie's rad. It really is. You could edit them out, and it's like an amazing film. Let's start a, a campaign. <laughs> yeah. Okay, meanwhile, the dad and teacher Eve are at their restaurant about to propose, and they realize that Alex basically played them, and she's still at the museum. Yep. And everything at the museum is in chaos. The mummy, a mummy that was kind of briefly touched on, now comes to life. So oh, it's the, great. They yeah, take the genie's the, like zooming around doing lots of busy work. Oh, we do get cool genie vision. Yes. Which is always fun. I really like this in the 80s when they do any kind of entity that has escaped. That is just basically a camera on a long stick that yeah. somebody's running around with. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. So the mummy comes to life. They, for some reason, took the case off the top of the mummy. In front of the students. And so that allows the mummy to come to life and then turn into like a zombie vampire and just start like drinking and eating its blood. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) You know what? Zero complaints with this death. I really enjoyed it. Yes. And it that's the boyfriend, right? Yeah, it's like the main guy. I was surprised he died. Then finally, the genie appears fully. Like, okay, so here we are. Yeah, this is where we've all been waiting to get to. Yeah, let's we, take a look. Let's slow down and just spend some time with the djinn, as they called it. <laughs> this genie is hilarious in everything I love about 80s horror. Yeah. It's like a lazy animatronic, stiff, I don't even know what it is, on like a pulley cart. It's. I think it's like a foam of some sort. And they're sort. just pulling it around with sound effects. Mm-hmm. It looks okay for horror fans out there, listeners of the podcast. If you've seen the movie The Gate, mm-hmm. which actually came out the same year, looks very similar to like one of the little minions, but large, large and in charge with some horns and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just, I loved everything about it. This charmed me like <laughs> hardcore. I was like, okay, I really like the outing now okay. because of this creature. I had to look into who did it. So this creature was designed by a guy named William Forsh, who I think he was an assistant to Steve Johnson, who we've discussed many times already, most recently on uh, Night of the Demons. Mm. Big special effects artist. um, And he started a company called FX. And I think that uh, William worked for him as an understudy. But when I was looking at what else this guy did, who created the the gin for mm-hmm. the outing, I was blown away. This is just some of the credits that this guy, keep in mind when you're looking at this creature, that this guy has done, like the okay. films he's worked on. Are you ready? Yes. Critters. Okay. From Beyond. Dolls. Lost Boys. Slaughterhouse Rock. Beetlejuice. Night of the Demons. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, and yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The movie or the series? The movie. Oh. That is a lot of credits. And that's only some of them, by the way. Yeah, and I when I was looking Buffy. into his bio, on IMDb of all places, his bio starts with, when he was 15, he put on a fake beard and got a fake ID, and with $15, ran away from home to Hollywood to start his career in special effects. Why did he put on a beard? Because he's a special effects guy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk. When I was, I think, 12, we were living in a small town. And I thought I would dress like an old woman and go downtown and, like, shop. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure if I've told this story, but I put on, like... You have. Bright red <laughs> lipstick, and I wore my mom's clothes and just stuffed myself with pillows, and I went downtown and tried to shop. Do you remember being a kid and dressing what you thought was old yeah. and being convinced that you had pulled it off? It's basically how I dress right now. You do dress like an old person. Shut your mouth. Like a really cute old person. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> 
You're older than me by far. You look like that cute old lady gardening, but like young. How dare you? <laughs> Emo. Emo Curtis. Whatever. Oh, we're still talking about this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're still going. Okay. Hey, speaking of film credits. Huh? Is if we're going to list stuff off. Okay. I mentioned this was 1987. 87 was insane for horror. I was thinking about it because I was like, wait a minute. Doom Asylum came out in 87. Mm-hmm. Then I, just off the top of my head, knew several films that came out in 87. So I decided to look into it. Okay. 87 is like the golden era. You want me to tell you some films? Drop it. Okay, that was a rhetorical question because I, I could tell you're filling up time. I'm going to tell you anyway. Your energy is really high. Are you ready for the 87 you're alum? You're up. This tell is me. just a uh, select course. This is the the honors, honor graduates of the 87 alum class. Okay, play that graduation music. Yeah, the Macho Man's theme song. Oh. Okay, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, Okay. Monster Squad, The Video Dead, for our SOV fans, Killing Spree, Rock and Roll Nightmare, which we still haven't covered, surprisingly, mm-hmm. The Gate, Slumber Party Massacre 2, Nightmare 3, Bad Taste. The list just goes on and on. I saved the last best two okay. for last. Are you ready? Yep. Can you guess them? No. One of them we've covered. I would say it's probably a top three all-time I don't like favorite being of quiz. ours. Don't even. Motel Hill. No. That's Ugh. 1980. I don't know, dude. Killer workout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other? I don't know. Don't make me guess. I love it because I'm an old fart. You are older than me. House 2. Oh, yeah, you do love it. That was a play on House 2 and Gramps. I've watched House 2 once. No, you haven't. That's BS. The last two times we watched it, I've fallen asleep. Don't even. So you've watched it three times then. Did we, you've just fallen asleep twice. Did we cover it? I think we did. And I think I fell asleep. Yeah, that was our very first episode. And then we Wait, scratched it. Wait, was that our first episode? Yeah, because you did no research. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we've come a long way in 130 episodes. <laughs> Whatever. All right, back to the movie. Everybody's dead and the gym is on the loose. <laughs> It's got a really cool raspy like demon voice too that keeps talking. <laughs> what is it saying? I never could yeah, understand it's, it. It's pretty hard it, to make. It was out. like wah, 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 wah. well, you couldn't understand it because you were falling asleep. But shut your mouth. I'm sorry. I'm just pointing out the facts. <laughs> you really came in strong this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hard week. Okay, so everybody escapes. They're on the run. A bunch of steel doors close as they're running. We're down to Alex, Teacher Eve, and her dad at yes. this point. They're running from the gin, and they close so many steel doors. Yeah, it's locked tight like a... It's like a vault. Uh, yeah, like you're on the Titanic and they're sealing off the, yeah. the like steam rooms. What's happening? Yeah. They're on their run, and then they go to a computer, and it computes, and it basically tells them to kill the djinn. I love that. I totally forgot about that scene. (laughs) That was incredible. It was like the early version of like, Alexa, what do I do when this genie's hunting me? I I think probably (laughs) one of my favorite things about 80s movies is no understanding of computers. (laughs) They just, they were so fast and loose with them. Yeah. Like on Lone Wolf, man, we got we have to cover Lone Wolf. Do we? Yes, it's so great. Who's in it? They just nobody, and they just compute. I wanted Michael J. Fox to and be like in it. can find the location of the wolf <laughs> by just entering data into the computer. I love that. I totally forgot in this movie that they compute things, and it just <laughs> says to kill the genie. It's so great. They they're like cool, but we don't know how. And so they escape the museum. They run through the forest. Alice, Alex's dad gets possessed and has, and she has to destroy the lamp to, like, save the mm-hmm. day. So she lights the museum's incinerator. So let's pause as a museum curator. Do you have 11 steel doors 
I don't. I didn't have one steel door. Do you have an incinerator that is hot enough to melt metal? Nope. Never. The the Museum of Nature and Science does, though. I'm really curious if they have all this. I would be delighted. Yeah, I've worked in a lot of museums, so maybe I just haven't worked in a fancy enough museum. Maybe they just don't trust you with the incinerator. Yeah, maybe there is one. I would love to have an incinerator. I know you would. Thanks. Okay, she lights the incinerator and tosses the genie's lamp in. Yeah, which kind of bummed me out. Because my first thought was, who owns that cool lamp right now? Yeah. Like, who's who's got it on their shelf? What producer yeah. has the cool lamp on the shelf? It's me. Here you go. Thank you. Okay. And tosses the lamp in. They're screaming. There's explosions. It seems to have worked because her bracelet falls off. Remember that weird bracelet that somehow got stuck on her hand? What does the bracelet have to do with anything? Ah, uh, goose egg. Nothing. Okay. I thought it was like... She controls the genie because doesn't he say something about... I don't... I truly, truly could not understand one word that it said. It was like... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that was a good impression. Thank you. Did Queen of the impressions here. <laughs> Put the gin on your resume. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> Let's hear you say uh, EK is cool, but in gin voice. Blah, 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 blah. Wow, wow, that's really good. That was Emo Curtis as a turd. Oh, you're a turd. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a turd. I like you a lot. Anyway, the bracelet falls off. Explosions. Eve walks out of the museum with Alex and freeze frame on the most awkward photo of Alex. Can we just take a moment? Why did they not freeze with her eyes glowing green? Or... Anything else? That's it was just her like mid expression, <laughs> like, like the dumbest freeze frame ever in cinematic history. They're like, wait, wait till she looks like she's going duh, and then they freeze it. <laughs> That's the outing. The end. You're welcome. What did you think of this ending? It was. It was really. Yes, the fire was not nearly hot enough to melt metal. I've watched that sword. How do you know it wasn't like some sort of soft pewter? No. I have watched that sword making episode or show on Netflix. It's true. Forged by fire. There we go. Yeah. This was not forged by fire. No. She just flicked a switch and was like, goodbye, lamp. I, okay, personally, mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool if he was sucked back in. Yeah. And, and then it was like him like squeezed in a lamp going, I'm burning. <laughs> It's hot in here. What did you think of the film? Uh, other than the bully, cool, love it, 10 out of 10. With the bully, like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, granted, we're an 80s podcast. If we're going to do that, then we basically can't cover a single movie in the 80s. But <sighs> yeah. this one was a bit much. Usually it's like one thing happens, but this was just repetitive. Like, they just made him such a horrible character. Yeah, they're just trigger warnings for people. This this probably would have been top, top tier f- mm-hmm. film for me had it not been for that one character. Yeah. Just because it just doesn't age well at all. So and it makes it hard to be like, I love this movie when yeah. it includes such incredibly offensive things. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's hard to give it a resounding approval when it includes things that are so upsetting. Yeah, and it's a little complicated because with the 80s, like uh, our friends at Bad Taste just covered Toxic Avenger not too long ago. And that's one that, yes, it's incredibly offensive, but it's also a trauma film and you're expecting it. So oh. when you say it, like, I really love this movie, people know that you're, you know what it's all about. Whereas this one, I could see it being like, it could catch people off guard. Yeah, if you're and like, they would question, like, why do you like this movie <laughs> when it includes all this horrible content? Whereas yeah. if you say that about Toxic Avenger, uh, people are like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I totally know that film. Oh my gosh, I haven't watched the Toxic Aven- Ad- Avenger in like 20 years. It has been a very long time. Okay, well, speaking <laughs> of this film, uh, released September 11th, 1987, filmed in Texas, like I said, on a two to three million dollar budget. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. Didn't do that well in the theater. Shocker. (laughs) But we have it on our shelves, and it it really was a fun watch. 
I will I will for sure be watching that again many times, I'm sure, because that the genie just made me laugh so hard. I will definitely fall asleep watching it in the future. I do not doubt that. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, that's all we have for you this week. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like what you heard? Um, Why? No, I'm joking. What? We're great. We're great. We're really good at giving nicknames like Blades. So if you want a nickname, just let us know. Yeah. To our longtime listeners, you got two movie episodes. (laughs) Clearly, we're busy. (laughs) But we'll we'll come back with something really interesting. Yeah, we will. Honestly, watching Doom Asylum and The Outing was a blast. Those so two fun. films are fun. It's really nice. We enjoy it on our end because it's time for us to hang out and feel like we're, you know, teenagers again like we used to. And hopefully it makes you remember those early days of your life when you first started finding horror films or whatever. Yeah, it's hard to find really fun, campy horrors from the 80s that you haven't already seen. Oh, yeah. Or haven't been spoiled for you in some way already. Mm -hmm. This one was a total surprise. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen very often. So, super fun. Uh, If you want to follow us, we're on Instagram, at LaserGraves. And if you want to check out any of our back episodes, you can go to LaserGraves.com or anywhere and everywhere you get your podcast. We don't say this often, but if you could rate or review us that really helps please do that yeah, yeah. tell some friends about us uh, thanks for all the support yeah. thanks for supporting our friends we always yeah. share their podcasts and our stories too and we will be back at you in two weeks with something probably <laughs> who knows what it'll be it'll be awesome duh totally gonna be awesome gonna let the genie out of the bottle on that one blow your minds like Christina Aguilera yep until then bye Goodbye.